Dave, what's going on, man? James, what's up, dude? How you doing? Another good week of football. Yes, sir. Cannot complain one bit. So what you want to get into tonight? Uh, well, first off, I think we need to talk about some of these uh, quarterback injuries. Big men's out for the year. And then Drew Brees is going to be out for like six to eight weeks. Yep. So that's, that's going to be detrimental to both offenses, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Pittsburgh goes from what to what in a year? Yeah. I mean. It, it, they are definitely not winning the division, but I, they could finish last, dude. I mean. Yes, they Mason, could very well. Mason Rudolph does have like a relationship with James Washington, so maybe that can kind of open things up for Juju when Washington's more involved if they finally take Moncrief off the field since he drops everything anyway. Yeah, but, but it's still Mason Rudolph. Yeah, and you got to get James Conner going, and they have not been able to do that all year. Not one bit. So, I mean, it looks like a disaster. The de- defense has not been playing up to standard either, like the typical Pittsburgh defense that we're waiting for. Right. <clears throat> I think they were putting a lot of bank on Devin Bush, and that's hard. You can, it's hard to put that much on a rookie. And and TJ Watt's been disappointing so far, in my opinion. He's yeah. been he's been involved in a lot of plays, but really no real big impact so far. No, I completely agree with that. What do you think about the trade for Fitzpatrick? I apparently missed that. When did that happen? Uh, it happened like two days ago. Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, I was thinking Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, no, no. Nobody wants I was Ryan like, Fitzpatrick. What? <laughs> Why would they do that? Nobody wants Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. <laughs> yeah, Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, that that definitely strengthens their secondary. Yeah. But with no pass rush and a quarterback having all day to throw on them, a receiver will get open. Yeah, I think it gives the, you know, T.J. Watt and Devin Bush a little more time to develop kind of bringing the pressure in from the secondary, especially in the pass-happy division that they are. Uh, they're going to have to do something to slow down the passing attack just so that those guys can get up to the speed of the game. But there's only a handful of rookies that come in on defense starting and make an impact. Yeah, Devin Bush has had a few nice plays, yes. but that's about it. He's not going to be the leader of that defense yet. No, no. I give him, you know, a couple years, maybe his third year in. Yeah, thir- three years in, middle linebacker, yeah, he should turn into a Luke Keekley type, not maybe mm-hmm. as much of a bruiser, but that leadership that they need for sure. Yes. And with Drew Brees going down. That was a surprise. I did not. Yeah, it's just one of those freak things, like his thumb was just – going right into dude's hand at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. It, that's football for you, though. I mean, when you least expect it, something weird like that can happen. Correct. It, it, it really can. And, um, you know, it really sets up this quarterback battle in New Orleans because I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's the guy because they've kind of been grooming Hill to take that spot. And Hill plays everywhere, though. He's a gunner yes. on, on punts. He's on the, the field team on whenever on side kicks and stuff. He's everywhere. And he caught a freaking touchdown pass last week. So, I mean, dude is everywhere. Yes, he's electric. And I think he fits that offensive style to a T. Yeah, and I love him. And he was on Green Bay's uh, – well, 
practice squad for a long time, and then they just kind of let him go because Mike McCarthy didn't know what he had. Yeah, and and it, and it bugs me to this day every time I see him contributing to that team in one way, shape, or form. That's what Tim Tebow should have done is what Tyson Hill is doing now. Yes, very much so, and he would have made a career out of it. it I mean, it's kind of like a modern-day Cordell Stewart, but better. Yeah, much bigger, much more physical, can play you know, many different positions, but the guy's just electric every time he actually gets out there. When he gets the ball in his hands, I'm excited. And right. I can't- he makes. He makes all these other slot receivers kind of look weak. Like, he runs poised routes. Like, I don't get it. It's the funniest thing, man. Yes. It's almost very Gronkowski-like. Yeah, not not as cyborg-ish, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gronkowski from like five years ago, you know, where yeah, he was yeah, yeah. extremely good route runner and moved very quickly. Like, he was smooth. You, you wouldn't see him. Yeah, he was smooth as silk back then, dude. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so Teddy Bridgewater, <clears throat> I don't think, is the answer. But it, I think, dude, it would not surprise me if this week you saw both quarterbacks line up in the backfield. I think he will. I think he'll start seeing that two-quarterback set. Um, maybe some Wildcat more so to start. And then you'll get to see what type of army he has. Dude, that would be insane with – I mean, not that Latavius Murray's great, but with him and Kamara and Tyson Hill running a wildcat, that would be nuts. Wow. Yeah, I mean, how would you stop that? And then you got Michael Thomas running down the side. I mean – Right. You don't even need to get it close to Michael Thomas. He's going to bring it down. Right. He'll he'll figure out a way to get up there. That's yes. what he's good at. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is very talented, and he could definitely continue to lead this team, but I don't think it's what Sean Payton's looking at, and I don't think it's what's best for the Saints. No, I don't either. I mean, honestly, they need to trade Bridgewater. Like, yes. sign somebody else and trade Bridgewater while there's still value. Because if you let him come in and he has a bad game, there's going to be no value, and you'll probably have to take a seventh-round pick or something. Right now, depending on what's going on with – with Mason Rudolph or with the whole Cam Newton thing, there's a need for a quarterback out there. Yes, there is. They're dropping life flaws. They are. I mean, Cam Newton's got a foot strength. I mean, so it's not even going to be Will Greer this week. It's going to be Kyle Allen suiting up for the Panthers. And I don't even know who he is. Like, (laughs) to be 100% honest with you, I have no clue about Kyle Allen at all. No, I don't either. I don't even know where he came from. That was like the fails guy they announced as the backup in New York now. I was like, who? I had to Google him. I was like, who is this guy? Right. I think yeah. I remembered his name like once when he was first starting up in college. Like he was supposed to be good and never was. <laughs> like, At San Jose State, I doubt you ever heard of him. I, I mean, I think I heard his name somewhere. <laughs> Luke Falk, <laughs> you have heard of. But that. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's. <clears throat> And then you got, you know, Eli Manning still out there as well. Like, you know, he, them, he's going he's going to Jacksonville. I guarantee it. Ah, put you down for that one as well, my friend. Yeah. Tom Conklin drafted Eli, loves Eli. Eli won him two Super Bowls in his mind, even though it was the defense and plays Burris. Yes. <laughs> and bad officiating. But Right, right. <laughs> but they they were the, the Brady stoppers, so I think Tom Coughlin is in love with Eli Manning, and he will be in Jacksonville. 
in a few weeks, especially if something happens to Garner Minshew. Dude, dude's name sounds like a Chinese dish, but anyway, <laughs> that's does. neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> but he slings the ball like fried rice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that works so perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <sighs> Uh, you know, I just pulled it up, and, and Eli would fit well at Jacksonville. You know, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't see that before. You really caught me on that one. But, I mean, you got Leonard Fournette, D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley. You've got some receivers. It's very DJ much Shark so. is yeah. a – he's burning pools, dude. I don't know if I Eli like could get lot. him the ball, though. Well, <laughs> I don't know. The Giants hadn't had offensive line in a couple of years, so. Yes, but the Jaguars do. I mean, they've right. got talent there. And you put that with the missing ingredient of a running game, which you never had in New York. And, you know, the defense is still great. Uh, I mean, just... in Eli's career, who was the best running back? Was it really Brandon Jacobs? Am I thinking right? Uh, yeah, or Barber. I mean, but Tiki was there at the very end of his career, so – yeah, I and mean, he was still the best running back they've had since. Yeah, that's true. Brandon Jacobs is a very close second, I guess. But. Yeah. I mean, he's a serviceable back, serviceable back, but he's not a starting. Yeah, that's probably all they've had. I mean, yeah. Orleans Darqua is the name that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, nothing. nobody. <laughs> right. And they finally get Saquon Barkley, and they're like, oh, we're done, Eli. We like yeah. this Daniel Jones guy who is your identical twin. But anyway, uh, no, not I would still take Eli Manning over Daniel. Jones, I would too. But... I I think Daniel Jones is going to have a terrible game. Yes. this week it's going to be really bad. Yes, you know the quarterback position is not one that I saw being shook up this early in the season, and for this year to be all about the quarterbacks. Right, I figured it'd be running backs, but yeah, I did too. There hasn't been any major injuries except for to running backs in San Francisco. That seems to be a trend there. Mm-hmm. And in Cincinnati. Other, well, I mean, Joe Mixon played a couple snaps this week. He He's not 100%, but. No. Well, Kansas City has definitely had <laughs> uh, an issue this week with running backs. I don't know who's going to be healthy, if it's going to be LaShawn McCoy or if they're just going to run with Darwin Thompson. But that's an, they had both injuries to both the running backs this week. So, yeah, but that is definitely you know one uh, offense that doesn't need a running back. Yeah, I mean, hell, I could be back there, and okay, maybe yeah, not, because but... you have Patrick Mahomes <laughs> that's going to do a lot of the running, and even the threat of the run is, you know, of him breaking containment. That's enough to stall everybody. So, I mean, right. That's very true. As long as he um, keeps beating Travis Kelsey, I'm happy. Oh, I'm I bet you are. <laughs> Who do I – man, I've, I've been doing pretty good. I'm pretty impressed. I yeah, think I play – uh, did Did you end up beating Alec last week? No, no, I didn't. He uh, got me on the Monday night game because Calvin Ridley decided to have a career game. <laughs> right. You know, he puts up 25 <laughs> points and, you know, wins by three. I just needed a little bit from Holyo to solidify my win, and I got enough. Nice. Now plenty. Nice. So, yeah, Atlanta played well. Nice. 
I give them that. Yeah, they definitely looked a lot better than they did week one. Yeah. I did not expect them to look like that in week one. No, and, and they, I'm afraid that's kind of what's going to happen all season is I see them having great games and then games where they just look horrible. That's the Falcons' way, though. It is. Very much so. And honestly, if Philly didn't suffer so many injuries that game, mm-hmm. that offense would have been a little bit more potent. But yeah. J.J. Arcea Whiteside, he dropped a lot of passes, and that dude is a freak. He was getting open. He just wasn't holding on to the ball. Yeah. And then with uh, – what's the other guy's name? I lost it. I'm dead. Deshaun Jackson. Well, he was hurt, the guy that came yeah. in for him. Oh, crap. Aguilar? Yeah, Nelson yep. Aguilar, Jesus. But, yeah, he he's not a number one receiver, so Philly's going to have some trouble this week if Jeffrey or, or Jackson are out. Yeah, did you see where Doug Peterson didn't practice today? They just did a soft walkthrough instead? Yeah, like the notification popped up on my phone. It said, Eagles cancel practice due to too many injuries. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard that before in my life. No, me neither. It was a first, but... I mean, it's understandable because a lot of them are getting injured right now. And you got to keep Carson Wentz healthy. Yes. Like, Carson Wentz goes down, that that team's over. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you trade away Nick Foles, who, for some reason, is only good in Philly. Because <laughs> he's only healthy in Philly for two regular season <laughs> games and three playoffs. Right. He was terrible in St. Louis, too. I mean, he made oh. it through, what, four preseason games and halfway through the first. I mean, that was his ex- expiration date. Right. That's true. That was about five games. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <clears throat> All right. So, we've got two weeks in the books. Yes. Who is your most surprising defense so far? Mm. The- Mine is not who you think it is, for the uh-huh. record. So. Okay. Mine would be the 49ers. Yes, I like them a lot. Yeah, they are playing really good football uh, on the defense side of the ball. And, you know, it it might just be the division that they're in, but they're the most surprising to me. Yeah, so far they have looked really good on defense and nobody saw that coming. No. I know naturally you think I would say Green Bay. Yep. But I kind of expect them to be better (laughs) with real consistent pass rushers and – Cornerbacks actually playing really good. That's surprising. But the most surprising defense to me is the Tennessee Titans. They are bringing pressure like I haven't seen any other Titans defense in a very, very long time. Yeah, see, to me, it's not that surprising because of Rabel. I knew it was just a matter of time once he got the pieces in place and once he got players healthy from last year. I figured it was coming. I just didn't know. I didn't expect it to be this early in the season. Right, they came out and shut down the Browns, who was the most overhyped team going into week one. Yes. And then in week two, they had a a really nice matchup. And my phone is – They were at – Okay. They were home to Indianapolis. Indy, yeah. They they gave Indy a really tough time. Yes, and if the offense could have done anything, the game would have been well in hand. But Mariota kind of looked like his up-and-down Mariota self. Right. And then Derrick Henry well, well, all of a sudden couldn't run the ball. So, But Derrick Henry wasn't wide open in the flats several times this week either. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, makes true. a difference. 
It does. That that's why the offense looked so good week one is because for whatever reason Cleveland forgot to cover the flats. Mm-hmm. And Derrick Henry just took advantage of that. It's because they was trying to bring so much straight on pressure. Yeah, I guess trying to contain Mariota, but Mariota's not scrambling this year. Like yeah. he's he's learning the ways of how to play quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. But I think it's too late for him and Jameis Winston both. I don't think either one of them get re-signed after this mm. season. So. No, I definitely don't see Winston unless he turns the corner somewhere this week or next week. Uh, Bruce Arians is not going to stand by and let another Arizona happen. He's going to get the quarterback he wants, and it could be Eli Manning as well. That's um, not a bad spot either. No, because he really fits the mold for the quarterbacks that he excelled with. You know, or excelled with, not excelled. I don't know what that word was. But, <laughs> you know, when he had success, it was the same type of quarterback as Eli Manning. The older game manager that could still make all the throws and make the right decisions and that doesn't turn the ball over. Right. That's, that's I, I a like, good fit, too. I didn't even yeah, think about that. I like Bruce Arians. I think he's a hell of a football coach. And oh, really B.A. Fun. is one of my favorite coaches that's yep. ever coached. And I, I know he hasn't had a whole lot of success, but his style is is what I like about him. And, it, like, every interview I've heard him do, mm-hmm. like, I just like the dude's personality. He gets it. Yes, and, and it seems like players like playing for him. Uh, it's, you know. All right, so we have a little bit of a debate in New York. Not really. (laughs) We do, uh, actually, because it all started with a reporter question, right? Right. This was great. I love Josh Allen. Yeah, I do. I I was a Josh Allen fan when he was coming out of high school or coming out of college out of Wyoming. Like, the dude has a cannon arm. And then they were just like, well, you know, he didn't play any big teams. He doesn't do this. And, you know, if I learned anything from Steve McNair, it's that talent doesn't matter who it's up against. Right. So in his post-game press conference, he gets asked about being passed over by New York in the draft and how he could have ended up playing for them. And he pointed at the reporters like, I do play in New York. <laughs> We're the only team in New York. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other ones are in New Jersey. So. Yeah, and then they follow uh, up with a question like, no, 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 we we meant the the New York City teams. And he's like, we are the only New York team. <laughs> like, right. It's great. Oh, man. The, dude, Josh Allen is what Cam Newton was supposed to be. Yes. Yes, he is. He he's, doesn't like take as many hits as Newton did early in his career. That's why Newton's having problems with the shoulder and foot strains and all this stuff now. Mm-hmm. But Josh Allen is exactly what Cam Newton, like everybody loved about Cam Newton. Yes. And Josh Allen just got looked over. Cam Newton was praised because he won a national championship. It's crazy because Josh Allen has the same, if not more talent than Cam Newton. It's crazy to me. Yeah. <clears throat> uh- it is. It's very surprising. Uh, I, I thought this year was a bust for Buffalo. I really did. You know, going in on our first week, I did not expect anything from them whatsoever. And yet here they are at 2-0 and going to New Jersey twice to beat both the Jets and the Giants. Right. You know, and <clears throat> he's doing it with players that 
most of us have never heard of because they've just been written off because they were like third string on everybody else's death charts. John Brown, Cole Beasley. Yeah. (laughs) Those. Everybody remembers Cole Beasley being the slot guy in Dallas, but that dude was probably one of the best receivers in Dallas, and that's including the time he spent with Dez was there. Yeah. He's such a good route runner. And then you've got such a young defense. They're also one of the surprising ones. For me, their defense is so young, but they play extremely well together. Um, That secondary has been just, you know, one of the top five, top ten in the league. Yeah, so far they have they they held the Jets to to sixteen and held the Giants to fourteen. Yes. Um, and this week they got the Bengals, so it's still not an absolute true test. I I can't wait to see what they do in Week Four against the Patriots. Yep. I know, I know you want the Patriots to beat them like the Patriots did the Dolphins, but I think it's going to be a much more contested game than that. <laughs> I mean, you can think that all you want, but it's going to be in Foxborough. And, you know, considering if Antonio Brown is still with the team, it's just going to be nasty, man. Yeah, I mean, Antonio Brown may not be playing this week. Who knows what's going on with that situation? Uh, it's Evidently, the NFL knows. And there, I've read several articles and reports about just stuff I know nothing about. And but I mean the dude is like has been sketchy for a long, long, long time. And typically where there's sketch, there's some truth behind all of it. Yeah, I mean we live in an era now where I don't know if all these things are really happening, but a lot of them are coming to light. I don't know if women are trying to get paid or if these things really happen to them, then I, I feel mm-hmm. bad for them. But it's just so common nowadays for stories like that to come. It's, it's hard to believe it one side or the other. Yeah. And you know, his, the, his defense and a lot of the background story makes sense, but of course, you know, we're not there. We're not in the situation. Uh, the articles that I was reading is about how, and I've heard this before and I've read these articles before about his business dealings to where he doesn't pay anybody for the work that they do because he doesn't believe in handing money over to hourly working people. So he'll call you in to do a job and then not pay you. That's sketchy. Yeah. And there's a lot of those stories and a lot of those lawsuits that's been settled and he would end up calling his lawyers or his management team and putting the plumber on the payroll and then firing him and then like never get paid for the work that he did. Like, you know, stuff like that. Right. And it's like, you really hold yourself as such a lofted place, which you saw in the ESPN interview when he, you know, after he left Pittsburgh. Um, Yeah. You know, dude's not all there. He plays great football, though. Oh, like John Gruden said on that recorded phone call, he said, you're a hell of a football player. Why don't you just shut up and play football? And he just can't. He couldn't seem to do that. And now – He's got an opportunity to play football, but all the skeletons are coming out of the closet now. So, yes. it's going to be interesting. Yeah, the article I read was on Bleacher Report, just in case anybody wants to check it out. Uh, it's really in-depth and really well-written. So, uh, we don't make nothing up. We just, you know. Yeah, hey, we read we what, what's out there. Yeah, exactly. I don't have any uh, Antonio Brown insiders, so. I, I, I don't know no new information. I don't, I don't want, want any. any. No, I don't want any. I'm good. <laughs> I make my wages hourly. You can't see me. Right. 
All right, so going into week three, man, we've got uh, a few good games coming up. Um, the Tennessee-Jacksonville game on Thursday probably isn't going to be too exciting. Um, but I do see uh, Garner Minshew having a, a another good game this week. He's improving week to week, it seems like. Yeah, and I think you'll see the same with Luke Falk. I mean, they come from a system that the NFL is going to with quick reads and quick outs. It's, you know, the air raid offense, but it, ha- it all starts with the running game. Right? right. So, you know, you got Leonard Fournette. And then on the backside with the Jets, you got Le'Veon Bell. So I see both of them being a success. They were also very good with the football at Washington State under – Mike Leach. So, I mean, you know, he doesn't like quarterbacks that can't hang on to the football. Right. That's not something to play around with. Dude, I, I wish Mike Leach would get a job in the NFL. I don't I think he Mike could ha- I don't think he could handle the Antonio Browns of the NFL. It would be it would be a challenge. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Jacksonville's having that same problem right now with uh Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, and and I feel like he'll end up going to New England too, to be honest. Right, that's the fodder for the Thursday night game. That's what everyone's going to be talking about. What about Jalen Ramsey? You're going to see the video over and over if you haven't seen it over and over and already. I may turn right. my game on midway through the first quarter. Yeah, I'll watch it at some point. Yeah. Um, then Dallas gets Miami. That's going to be. Uh, a repeat of the last two weeks for Miami, I think, on Sunday. I don't see them getting any better. Man, no. They're just so bad. Yeah. They, <clears throat> yeah. They got to get Drake going, and if they don't, I mean, it's over with. But I see this is the game where Cowboys fans beat their chest and go, we're back, baby, and everyone forgets that they're playing the Dolphins this week. Yeah, and they've they played the Redskins and the Giants leading up to this. Yeah. So it's not like they've had tough competition yet. No. No. I, I mean, and that's like probably three of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Yeah. Can't disagree there. Um Packers get Denver this week. Um it's going to be a good it's, one. It's at Lambeau. So I'm feeling feeling good about the home field advantage. Yep. I'm pretty sure Green Bay is going to come out on top because uh, Mr. Elite Joe Flacco will throw an interception <laughs> or two. Yeah, I predict two. <laughs> I think, At least. I think the Denver defense is finally going to start showing its its teeth and may see some difficulty scoring uh, this week. Just as the offense is about to start clicking, I think Denver's going to have the answer. Well, I mean, Green Bay's offense was clicking through the first quarter against the Vikings and then didn't – really hit on anything the rest of the game. I mean, yeah, Aaron Jones finally broke 100 rushing yards, and he looked good, but I don't I don't know what the problem is with Green Bay and the offense. They just – they start to look like they're clicking, and then after those, you know, every NFL team has 25 to 30 scripted plays to open up the game with, then after that it just kind of fades, and I'm not sure if it's Rodgers is a problem or the game plan is a problem. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you know, with with Fangio leading the the Broncos, everyone's kind of been waiting to see Von Miller and Bradley Chubb really start wreaking havoc. I think this is the week. I don't I don't know why. I just it to me it just feels right. 
Not to yeah. say that they're going to beat Green Bay because Joe Flacco is definitely going to lose this game. <laughs> right, because that's what Joe Flacco is good at. Yes, but it's going to be a low score, dude. Yeah. I'm like 17 14 Green Bay, something like that. Yeah, I see I that type know. of game. I agree with you there. It, and that's how Green Bay keeps winning them anyway. So maybe that's their MO this year. They'll just play their opponent close or play up to their opponent's level of competition and right. just kind of bend but not break. Yeah, I would um, say so. But, I mean, a win's a win. I'm okay with that. Just don't let Rodgers get hurt or anything, and, and I'm good. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I don't think he will. All right. Um, the game of the week, in my opinion, it really should not be at 1 o'clock on Sunday. It should be the Sunday night game, but it's not. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. That game is going to be a shootout. Yeah, it's going to complete shootout. If you're playing, if you have any of those players on your fantasy roster, you need to get them in a starting position somewhere because everyone scores touchdowns. Dude, in one of my other leagues, I have Miko Hardman. His name's like a caveman, but (laughs) I've got him and uh, Robinson. Wow. So I'm thinking about starting both of them in that league just to be risky. I don't think it's that much of a risk, honestly. Only thing I worry about Sammy Watkins, you know, Kelsey will get his, and I, no matter who's at wide receiver, Kelsey's going to get his. Yeah. So with those two receivers, I mean, it's it's almost unheard of to play two receivers from the same offense. Not at all, because last year, if you played two receivers from the Saints, you were good. Yeah, Traquan <laughs> Smith really turned it on at the end of the year last year too. Yes, and you know Mahomes spreads the ball around just as well as Breeze does, so everybody's going to get there. That's you know. true. And Baltimore can't stop anybody, so. Yeah, I might do that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like like shocking the world or something. You know? <laughs> everybody in that league will think I'm crazy, but it could pay off. Like they don't already. Yeah, that's true. I know the I trade have... request you sent out. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get a solid running back and – Targeting those running backs who had a very bad week, too. Maybe you were scared. I didn't know. I had to try. <clears throat> I knew where the offense is going through this week and who they're up against. No way. McCaffrey <laughs> is starting. Right. All year. He should get all the yards this week. He, he should and he will, especially against the Cardinals. Um, it's kind of the game I'm looking forward to other than the Baltimore-Kansas City game um, at 4 or 5. That's a good spot for that game because yeah. it doesn't have the, the, the matinee names like Cam's not going to be playing. No. And I wonder if he'll even show up dressed like Medea again. I hope not. These memes are killing me. I can't take <laughs> any more. <laughs> <laughs> the SpongeBob this, one is still the best. I right, right. my head out. Like Cam right. again. Oh god. So good. Yes, in Arizona, you know, Kingsbury's finally coming around and you know, Kyler Murray is two straight games over 300 yards. Yeah, and two weeks they are leading the the NFL in most plays ran, and that's what the air raid is. So, mm-hmm. And they're learning the same thing that Houston learned with Deshaun Watson, which is you can pass all day long, but until you get that running game going, you're going to lose. And they have David Johnson. They need to utilize yes. him more in the running game. They utilize him in the passing game, but he needs to – 
you had 25 touches, like, running out of the backfield. Yeah, because that's the thing about the air raid offense nobody realizes is it's a lot of the running game as well. The running game definitely sets up the pass, and if you can't get the running game going, you use the pass to set up the running game. It's kind of vice versa. So you play that switch whichever way you can. And I see them getting it going against Carolina. I see Kyler Murray having a breakout game. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Carolina, yeah. there's nothing about the Carolina defense that scares me. No, not at all. Um, only other game I see on the schedule that looks pretty interesting this week to me is the Houston, Texas, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes. 425. That's, that's going to be a really good game. I agree. Because both defenses can come out like gangbusters, but both offenses are also very explosive. So, Explosive and very balanced. Yeah, that's for the, sure. Yeah, that's the thing that really gets me about the Chargers offense that I enjoy so much, and I, I don't think they have ever gotten enough credit for because they have seemed like they have always gone for a balanced offense, and when they pull it off, they're a threat. Yeah, and they're doing it without Melvin Gordon. They're doing it with Austin e- Austin Eckler. Yes, so but that... do you remember last year, toward the end of the year, Austin Eckler started filling in where Melvin Gordon was missing. Not necessarily playing time, but where he was missing, he couldn't get the game going, couldn't get the ball going. Uh, I know last year I picked up Eckler on a waiver wire. I think it was like week 11 or week 12. And he was a steady 18, 20 point, you know, every week. But he was definitely the third down back because later in the year, Melvin Gordon, even when he was healthy, he wasn't the third down back. No. I mean, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, New New Orleans, Seattle, that could be interesting. But then again, the quarterback for New Orleans is going to be the – the question mark. I think something's brewing out on the West Coast between Seattle, San Francisco, and Arizona. Yeah, I think so. That's That West is going to be extremely tough for anybody to come out of, and I don't think anybody's realizing it. No, nobody's caught on to that yet, I don't think. No, Seattle's been playing really good defense, and now they're starting to get the offense going. And Russell Wilson has some threats, and he has some targets. Yeah, DK Metcalf. As long mm-hmm. as he can run nine routes, he's he's good. Which is great for every time Russell Wilson breaks containment. Yeah, and anytime he scrambles right or left, whichever side Metcalf is on, he's just streaking. Speaking of breaking containment, that was one thing I noticed on the Monday night game with the Browns. The reason they played so horribly against the Titans was Vrabel's adjustment after the first series. He stopped blitzing on the sides, causing Baker Mayfield to scramble. When Baker yep. Mayfield scrambles, he makes things happen. But if you put him in the pocket and keep him in the pocket, nothing. Right. It's his style. Yeah, and it's, you know, they'll, they'll catch on very quickly. I mean, if Rabel picked up on it real quick and you saw what happened the rest of that game. And, and that, the Rams definitely have enough pressure coming up the middle with Aaron Ooh. Donald that that they could really, really make Cleveland look bad. 
And I think they will. And it's not even sending them up the middle. You just don't let him break containment. You don't let him scramble. And I don't think the the receivers are not talented enough to get open that quickly. Yeah, I mean, Odell, he can can outrun just about anybody. But other than that, I mean, Jarvis Landry's a a slot guy. David Njoku has still not lived up to the hype. He's not a good tight end, so he's not even a great safety valve for Baker. No. And Nick Chubb is just kind of slowly, like, gaining close to 80 to 100 yards a game. Yeah, they got rid of their real release valve in Duke Johnson. Yep. You know, that was definitely – that that was his role, and he did it well. Yeah, and he's going to help – Deshaun Watson not get sacked as many times this year by just being there. Yes, and I think that's something that's probably coming this week or next. Um, A big Duke Johnson game? Yeah, yeah. Maybe not against the Chargers, but... Maybe next week, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely in the making because it has to. Like, Deshaun cannot get beat up like David Carr did. No, and he's just continuing to take punishment. Yep. They've got to figure it out. Like, they brought in Laramie Tunsil, and it's not enough. No, it's not. Offense line is something that just takes time to gel. I mean, you know, a skill player you can bring in like that a couple weeks before the season kicks off, you know, in preseason. Yeah. But a left tackle? That's difficult, man. Yeah, because the defensive linemen are doing stunts or or sweeping over the back of their – other linemen and it's just it's tough to follow if you don't trust the guard to pick up the block and that's what's happening yeah and if you don't trust the quarterback to call the right coverage because you don't you're not on the same page as he is then you know you're it's it's tough it really is so i think that's something they'll work out through the year i mean they've got too much talent around them not to be successful this year right they have to yeah all right, so the ugliest game of the week is the Monday night game. Mm. <laughs> Who's going to be quarterbacking at halftime? That's the question. Right. With with Chicago and Washington, man, Chicago's offense just hasn't looked like they did last year. I don't know if Matt Nagy forgot what he did last year or if just the entire NFL has caught on to it. I but think it's the, the entire NFL called on to it. Because yeah, the Bears' offense – are who we thought they were. <laughs> uh, yes, they are. <laughs> uh, Mitch Mitchell Trubisky. Sorry, got to be correct. Mitchell Trubisky has not looked great at all. No, no, and I really didn't think he was ever going to look great. No, I wasn't a big believer either. But he came out last year and and started doing stuff, and I'm like, okay, maybe this kid's got something. But this year, it's just kind of it's all soured. Like, yeah, but there wasn't too many full Chicago games that I watched. It was mainly the highlights. So in retrospect, I kind of wonder if it's just the defense given that many opportunities that it was enough to put together highlight reels. Yeah, that's, that's a very <laughs> <Yeah>. strong possibility. <laughs> the other team has enough three and outs. You're going to do something like percentages are in your favor. That's very true. <laughs> But Case Keenum, I don't know if he's going to last through the first half. I, I think Dwayne Haskins is going to end up taking this job. He has to eventually, right? Like, yeah. They 
they can't just keep running with Case Keenum, I don't think. No, the whole team's going to be behind him. And, you know, you got Adrian Peterson back, and you still got Chris Thompson, who is serviceable. I mean, he did well last year, especially as a third down back. Right. And, I mean, Paul Richardson is a really good receiver. Yes. Like, I know they got rid of Josh Doxson, which is the best thing they could have done with him because he's a joke. Mm-hmm. But bringing in Paul Richardson this year has really stepped up their offense, I think. Not not a great <laughs> deal, but he's a better option at receiver than they've had in a long time. Yes. My question is, who is Terry McLaurin and where did he come from? Right. Like, scary, scary Terry, dude. Like, I, this guy. Man. He didn't even have a picture in the fantasy leagues. Right. <laughs> like, like, you could have picked him up and it's the fault character one. Right. <laughs> it's a round three pick. Out of Ohio State, of all places. Which I don't know. could be a good thing for Dwayne Haskins. Maybe they have a relationship. I don't know. I didn't. I never <clears throat> really heard of him, to be honest. No, me neither. But, you know, there is chemistry there. And, you know, he's he's playing good football. I mean, right. he's definitely one of the hot waiver wire picks for the week. Yeah, very so, much so. You know, no denying it. I think Dwayne Haskins does come in at some point in this game and takes over. And Case Keenum is Case Keenum, you know, the overpriced, overpaid quarterback sitting on the bench. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what he's done his whole career. So, yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, you, and you know, in the past few years, the the talent at quarterback coming out of college far exceeded the talent that had come out the previous five years. So, yeah, for sure. It's not, you know, inconceivable that these rookie quarterbacks and first-year quarterbacks are taking these starting jobs and, and filling in and doing well. Um, right. And, I mean, the quarterback market could be saturated in the next five years if ta- this talent keeps running through. I mean, we got Tua and Hubbard next year and yep. a couple other guys. And then next the year after that, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence and who knows who else. Mm-hmm. But there's going to – if this continues, yep. like, all these quarterbacks aren't going to be getting paid the money they are now. No, no. And you got to remember, 10 years ago, the – the biggest talent coming out of college was like Brady Quinn and Colt McCoy. And, you know, this guy's, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, it's on a whole different level. And, you know, some coaches see it and they're taking advantage of it. Because, I mean, if you were going to tank for a quarterback this year or next year or the years to do it, because yeah. do it the way that Seattle did when Russell Wilson was coming out. Mm-hmm. And you can get you a quarterback in the second or third round that's going to be your starter, and you can spend all the money on defense you want. Very true. But I, I mean, mean, that's kind of what the Rams are doing too. Yeah. But when you actually look, I mean, there's there's quarterback talent all over the place right now, especially in college. I mean, you know, after Trevor Lawrence, you got DJ Ugalele, who's like six foot six, and has a cannon for arm and can read over top of all off all defenses. Right. You know, so, you know, these quarterbacks have been playing this style of offense forever. And now the NFL is starting to catch up. So it's no wonder that they're such an easy fit. Right. Um, I mean, got- w- what Arizona is doing is going to open up eyes for a lot of people. And I think McVay started it a little bit. 
And then Houston also picked up on it where it was more spread, more read. And, you know, it was a lot of the little fundamental elements where they're playing from sideline to sideline, which the NFL really didn't catch on to a whole lot. It was still north and south. And the RPO has become part of almost every playbook in the NFL now. God, if I hear RPO one more time, I'm going to scream. Dude, I know the RPO has existed in football forever. Yes. But every offense is running some RPO plays every game. And it's no different than the wishbone. It's no different than the I triple option. The only the only change is that now you're in the shotgun. And yeah, you're I mean three and four wide. And you saw it back in the day when people like John Elway and Brett Favre did it, but they just didn't call it RPO. They just said, yeah. "Oh, he faked the handoff and threw it." Yes, <laughs> he read the defender coming in and you know pulled the pulled ball it back. back. You right. Know? Yeah. And then San Francisco and Bill Walsh ran the West Coast offense, which was just a milder form of the air raid. You know, you make a living on a four-yard slant with a deep post and a tight end that could catch and run. It's all about yak. That's what the West Coast offense is all about. Yes, and you have one of the greatest receivers in history that could always get separation, and then what he could do after the ball was incredible. And, And, you know, those are the receivers that you see getting paid right now. Same type of talents. Right. Week three is going to be a good one. It should be. Uh, I see some high scoring. It's going to be a lot of highlights, but you're going to start to see the teams really become who they are. You know, oh, no doubt. Um, I think Detroit takes another step. I think Philadelphia kind of falters, but they'll, you know, gain ground as – they get healthy. They have to stay healthy. If they don't stay healthy, then they're going to have big problems. Yep, and I think Doug Peterson's going to manage that. I see Denver, you know, taking a step this this week, and Cincinnati taking a step back because that's it's their time. Couldn't agree more. So, what's your bold prediction for the week, Dave? Uh, I, I knew this was coming, and I've been trying to think about it, <laughs> but. My bold prediction this week is that Jacoby Brissett's going to throw four touchdowns against the Atlanta Falcons. Whoa. Bold. I mean, it's possible. It's, it's possible. But Falcons that's defense can be pedestrian. They look better this week, but. Yeah, they have highs and lows. We'll see what happens. It's, it's in Lucas Oil Stadium, and I, and I think the Colts are going to. I'm sh- I'm sure they're favorite by three or whatever, but I think they're going to win this game, and it's going to be all because of the arm of Jacoby this week. It very well could. That's why we call it a bold prediction. Yep. <laughs> you you got anything brewing? Yes, I see the Raiders showing out at Minnesota, being the Raiders that we thought that they were going to be. I think they make all the adjustments they need to minus Antonio Brown, who the entire offense was built around. And you see Derek Carr with an all-pro performance. Wow. I think that's more bold than mine, to be honest. <laughs> I believe in John Gruden. I think he's a, I think he's a great coach. And yeah, I still think he's got it. He's just yeah. got to – I mean, <clears throat> he knows how to – 
to utilize the tight end. Who expected Darren Waller to be the best tight end in football? Yep. And he is. Like, statistically, nobody is doing better than him right now. No. Crazy. No. Well, and Gruden's a glue guy, right? And so I think he's I, – I think he's able to turn this team around to believe in themselves and kind of go against everything um, that the media said about him. Yeah. I mean, after the whole Antonio Brown thing, I just mm-hmm. kind of thought that team was a joke. And they are – actually competing yes yes Which and is... richie incognito comes back this week <clears throat> so i just see this nastiness coming back on offense and you'll see josh jacobs or Jalen richard or whoever's running the football is going to have a big game the rookie out of clemson hunter riffro is going to score two touchdowns this week two touchdowns for two hunter. touchdowns for hunter Riffro. Well, well they did trade for for uh, Trevor Davis from Green Bay. So mm-hmm. that gives them another speed guy to have on offense. And he's a good kick returner too. Yep. So they're they're getting the pieces put together to make up for this whole Antonio Brown thing. Yeah, they are, which is what, you know, you kind of have to do. You got to make the adjustments. But this is the Raiders breakout week. That's my bold prediction. Hey, let's see it. Any big matchups in college football this week? <clears throat> Honestly, no. I haven't even looked yet because, you know, next week is kind of when I feel like the college football season really gets going. Yeah, you start getting division games. Yeah. Conference play, all that good fun stuff. Yeah, there's been a lot of teams that have just not, you know, stood up like USC that's, you know, dumping that wood. And UCF is exactly who we thought they were, which is one of the best teams in college football yet again. And they will not get love. <laughs> no, they took the, it to Stanford and just beat the brakes off of them. And all you hear now is, well, Stanford's not as good as we thought they were. Yeah, they're just okay. not really playing well. Of course they're not. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to buy that game. Uh, the big matchup for the week is – Notre Dame at Georgia. So Georgia has stopped beating up on the little sisters of the poor from, you know, the neighboring states that barely are a university. (laughs) You say that when Clemson's playing the Charlotte 49ers. Right. But, you know, they've come (laughs) off of one division game and, you know, what is it? Texas A&M. One of the SEC best, and then, oh, yeah. you know, they go up to upset town of Syracuse and just, you know, handily defeat them. The biggest oh, surprise yeah. with Clemson is just how good their defense is. Yeah, it's like they didn't lose anybody in the draft. No. <laughs> it's no. like the same guys are still there. Because, yeah, and it's the talent at linebacker just went up another level than what it was last year. So even though they lost things on the defensive line, the secondary and the linebacking core is just um, beast, man. You know, there's still a few surprises. I didn't see Arizona State coming off, coming out the gate, winning like they are. They got lucky with the call against Michigan State. Right. But, um, yeah, that's going to be the 8 o'clock game on CBS, Notre Dame at yeah. Georgia. I mean, I'm sure I'll watch the, the Carolina-Missouri game at least until I get pissed off when Kelly Bryant mm-hmm. just destroys us like – he did at Clemson, but 
Yeah, he will. The, uh, you know, I will say this. I, I'm hearing more and more talk about my pick for the ACC championship. I'm very weak one when I said Virginia right. was going to be the test in the ACC, you know, and, and didn't seem like it, but yet everybody knows Virginia now. now. Yeah, now everybody's on Virginia. Mm-hmm. You, you are Nostradamus. I like being right, man. I'm not, I don't get it right <laughs> all the time, but football's one thing I do know. Right. So the, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to in college football is um, how bad is Florida State going to be this week? It's like a question oh. of where's Waldo. Right, for real. They are just so bad. Yeah. There, there's only one good Florida team, and that's UCF. <laughs> yes, there is. And for whatever reason, they're ranked 15th. I don't understand it. I see Central Michigan pulling off the upset in Miami. Let's see what happens. Oh, for sure. Like, I'll go ahead and place my bet now. <laughs> yeah. But UCF, again, they're, they're on the road at Pittsburgh. So they're going across country to Stanford. And now they're going up north to Pittsburgh. Like, how many more teams in the BCS do they have to play, or the FBS, whatever you want to call it? And win on the road. Yes. You know, <laughs> I, I hope this is the year they get into the playoffs. I would um, love to see it. I would really – yeah. I, I, I want to see them play some of these teams in the playoffs and see what happens. Dude, I'm a Carolina fan, but I swear to God, if we get two, if not three SEC teams, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> you, you know – the Pac-12 is surprising this year. They they they're playing really good football. They have like what three or four teams in the top twenty-five now. Yeah. Um, except Stanford, or you know, I still believe Stanford's a good football team. They just <laughs> went against a better one. Yeah, Central Florida's a really good football team. Yes, they are. Um, only other matchup that might be interesting to somebody is uh, Auburn Texas A&M. Yes, that'd be a good uh, game. Wardam Eagle, uh, I think they'll walk away victorious, but seeing stranger things happen. <laughs> stranger things, indeed. Uh, the yeah, Auburn's quarterback is—I mean, that kid's a talent. I, he'll play at the next level, and he will take a starting job at the next level. Oh, for sure. Um, that's going to be the player that saves. Uh, <laughs> I think Bo Nix is a way better quarterback than Mond. Mond is not good. No. No, Mond is okay. Like, he has his highlights, but no. He he just can't pull it out year after year. I mean, and game with, after game, not year after year. And with a name like Bo Nix, you have to be good at football. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I mean, he's in the mold of Baker Mayfield. I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he's, you know, shorter in stature, but his arm is much bigger. And he makes better decisions. I agree. And the rest yeah, of man. the college football slate is a bunch of big schools playing a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, which is, you know, kind of how it goes through week four. I really wish the rankings would wait till after week four to come out. You kind of yep. get to see a little bit of everybody. Um, next week is – the definite matchups that we'll be talking in, you know, college football, we'll spend some time on that. Right, for sure. Yeah. All right, you got a, a new blog post out, right? 
<clears throat> yeah, I do. So, you know, part of fitness is as much physical as it is mental. And so the past two months has been kind of a struggle for me on the mental health side of things. And, you know, one thing that I've learned is that there's not a lot of resources for mental health, like there are fitness, like if you're struggling with certain exercises or, you know, building certain muscles or losing fat and you need advice, there's tons of books. I mean, there's an abundance of material. A lot of it's bad, a lot, some of it's good, and then some of it's really good. Um, And I've... And I've been able to get the really good advice when it comes to diet and nutrition, like the truth of a lot of things and not the BS Instagram swipe workouts or, you know, whatever fad diet or apple cider vinegar. I was in the gym the other day and I saw these guys working out, drinking, not (laughs) apple cider vinegar from like the White House. You know, jug, (laughs) but like marketable flavored apple cider vinegar. I'm like... What are y'all even doing? <laughs> it's know? good. It's good for my heart. I like, <laughs> like. I don't get it. I'm like, you're not gonna burn fat. Like, you don't <laughs> burn fat if you're in a calorie deficit. Like, come on, guys. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> and, and these same guys, I mean, they pop in like maybe once every other week or so, and they'll come in and they hit it hard. And I'm just like, guys, man, y'all are gonna hurt yourselves. So. um <laughs> That's one thing that I've been learning. I mean, there's a lot of talk about, oh, if you're lifting weights, it's bad for your joints, and you're going to do this, and you're going to have arthritis. And, you know, one of my coaches is like a 60-year-old lady. She's one of the co-coaches, and she's in phenomenal health. Like, and she calls bullshit on this all the time. (laughs) That's hilarious. Because lifting weights is literally the best thing you can do for your body. Yet, lifting the wrong amount of weights in the wrong way is where all these stories come from. Yep. And a guy at work telling me, oh, you can't do back squats, man. You're going to you're gonna dislocate your, your – you're going to rupture a disc and all this because I did that. <clears throat> yeah, but you're also a bro that's probably trying to squat 400 pounds when you right. can't even do a pull-up. Come on. (laughs) Are you going to squat more of your weight when you can't pull your exact weight up? Right. But yet squatting is the one thing that we do the most of in life. Like you get up out of bed, you did a squat. You sit down on the toilet, you did a squat. You sit down on the couch, you did a squat. So these exercises are all functional. You know? Right. That's the biggest thing. And (laughs) anyway, so off that tangent, so mental health has really been like a strong focus of mine here the past few weeks. And just from getting bogged down in, in the, just the pressure of life. So I've had a couple blog posts that I've written uh, kind of regarding that in ways that you can, you know, keep pushing yourself not to release some of that pressure. Um, and I kind of felt it was important. And then, you know, just to kind of start giving a perspective shift. So I'm sure like you see most of my posts on social media and you're just like, God, this guy, what has gotten into him? Like, all oh, this motivating post all the time. Like, I don't know, man. I, I've been in, like, just this mode where, like, I feel it. And then I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to send up. To- Everybody needs to see this. Right. Like, I'm not gonna, just going to hold on to this good information in my head. You know? Right, so- dude. I, I get it. I get it completely. Because uh, a few years ago, um, I would post a motivational quote every day. Every day on Facebook. It wasn't for me. It may have not been for anybody that day. Yeah. But but 
the interaction that you get, even if it's one person, like, hey, that that makes a ton of sense. I never thought about something that way. Or, or hey, you really helped me get through the day. It was a rough day at work. And then I saw your post and I thought, you know, I got to take care of me. So right. I, I get it completely, dude. I need to get back into doing some more of that stuff myself because it um, – when your mental health is in a great place, then you really care about taking care of yourself in a great place physically. Whenever I lost all that weight and I was exercising, I was dieting. Maybe it was a fad diet. Maybe it wasn't, but we won't go there. But, <laughs> it's okay, but man. I, I felt better mentally going in. So yes. it was easier for me to get to a place where I felt better physically. So it makes total sense. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the, the thing that's that spurred all this is just like on the physical side of it, where you have your highs and lows, like when you reach certain milestones, like I'm running real close to being at I've lost a hundred pounds and like I'm pushing hard for it. And maybe I was pushing too hard. I, I don't know, but I went from this really high confidence level where I felt amazing to just this funk where I didn't feel it. And I've kind of translated it to being very much when we feel like we hit a plateau in weight loss or in in strength training where it's like oh man you hear it all the time oh i'm in i'm in a plateau how do i get out of it um and then it occurred to me that your mental health does the same thing and so i really started doing looking back at where did i make progress and where did i succeed in fitness and that was logging my calories logging my workouts tracking this information and then when i when I went over my calories, when I overate, if I missed a workout, um, I didn't beat myself up over it. I just let it go. Like I recognized this, said, yep, this sucked. I'll get back on track tomorrow. Like my coach's motto, and I love him to death, is you can't fuck this up. Because you really can't. As long as you keep going, you can't fuck this up. You only do when you quit. And so, Yeah, progress is progress. Right. So if you stop, then that stops – any progress from happening. Yeah. And so I took that same approach to mental health. And I was like, man, that's, that's the key right there. Like I can do it when it comes to diet and nutrition, let it go. But yet I I'm struggling with the mental side of it. So that's what the post is about. Uh, that's kind of where it started. And then it gets into kind of the nuts and bolts of it. So, you know, and that's kind of where some of these posts have come from is, you know, you really need to believe in yourself, um, even when it's unpopular. And, and the whole idea about it is that, you know, it's not unpopular to the people around you. Uh, believing in yourself is most commonly unpopular to yourself. And so you got to shift your perception so that you start to believe in yourself. And the way that you start to do that is to forgive yourself for all of the little misses and all of the failures that you have throughout the day. Um, you have to forgive yourself. You have to let those things go. And then you have to keep moving forward. And then That's a really good thing, dude. I'm, I'm going to, I saw the post go up Yep. and I intend on checking it out tonight, man. That is awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Everyone can find it at jamesfitandfree.com. That's where my blog post is. And you can follow me on Instagram at jamesfitandfree uh, with an underscore after James. Uh, You can also find me on Twitter 
at James Fit and Free. Starting Welcome to, see to Twitter. A little... Yes, I'm following <laughs> on Twitter. My first tweet today, and it was a good one. It was uh, <clears throat> it was kind of in the same mode of everything, and and it's uh, encouraging others is free. So do it often. Uh, it's kind of one thing that I've been doing is connecting with people on social media, which is what it's made for, is to connect. It's not just there to share memes, though it's probably my favorite. Um, <laughs> but it's it's connecting with people. And the only way you do that is to encourage people, just strangers. And you never know the type of connection you're going to make with people. And you don't realize the amount of encouragement that's going to come back your way when you do it without agenda and in truth. Like you don't go commenting and encouraging someone that you're like, oh, man, I want to get to know this person or I want to get something from this person. This person's going to benefit my career or benefit me in my position. You just encourage them because they're killing it. Right. Yep. Like and the next thing you know, you might be helping them through their hardest day and not even realize it. That's true. You know, when you do it without agenda, you, you don't know any of that, nor do you care. You're just like great post i absolutely love this and, and yep. then it comes back to you so you know encouragement love com- compassion those things are free we really need to start giving that out more often couldn't have said it better myself thank you sir good stuff so Y'all where, definitely check that out um yep. you guys can follow me on twitter and instagram at big day football also on twitch at twitch.tv slash big day football mm-hmm. and we are ready for another week of football, my friend. Absolutely. Can't wait. And All if right. y'all want to see us do this live on Twitch, shoot me a message. Shoot Big Dave an email. Uh, you can email me at jamesfitandfree at gmail.com. Let us know. It's something we're looking into doing. Don't know if we're going to get there yet. Um, but if you're into it, shoot us an email and let us know, and we'll, uh, we'll start that process. Yep. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. Dave, you have a good week. Good luck in in the leagues. You too, buddy. Let's see what happens. (laughs) All right. Later, man. Bye.